HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Greenhorns, this is Severin with your daily, with your weekly dose of Young Farmer Radio. I'm here joined today by Suko Presu for yet another hour of Radio for Young Farmers by Young Farmers, sponsored as usual by the wonderful Hearst Ranch in Northern California. And Suko is here with me. We're talking today about becoming an, a farmer while being an artist and what that means. And Suko, would you mind introducing yourself, just just where you came from and what you've been doing? to lead you into farming. Sure. Um, hi, um, my name is Suko Presso, and I am um, a farm-based educator and also artist. Um, and I basically got into farming um, because by being up in northern Dutchess County <laughs> and, um, and really sort of falling in love with the landscape and the rural community, and it kind of reminded me of um, growing up. I had, um, we often went to my family's, or my uncle's farm, dairy farm, in upstate New York, and it just sort of made sense to me that, like, everyone had a farmer in their extended family, and then, of course, that's not the reality in America. And, um, And I sort of also became really interested in food issues and environmental issues that are really all tied into agriculture and um and took a leap leap. yeah so you took a leap and moved from being a full-time city-based artist to being to being doing what exactly um i work at uh, an organic farm where we're developing an education program so what's really interesting is that we have a full greenhouse operation um which allows us to really develop a curriculum that coincides with the school year where the traditional American school year is actually designed to have summers off so the kids could go back onto the farm and help out. So um, so we have a great opportunity and I'm working with a couple of local schools and um, community groups and the students really get to get hands-on experience at the farm. So here you are with a very um, not atypical background uh, um, as a farm-based educator, but what are you finding the children's experiences are when they come to the farm, and what is it um, that you think, as an artist, that keeps you interested in in something like teaching kids about tomato grafting, and what do the kids see that you also see, and and what do you think that it brings to the community? Um, Well, I think... The the basic thing is that I feel really passionately about these things that um, that 
I think it's it's really important to be working in agriculture right now, and I think that um, in terms of, of teaching not only young students but even even older adults or you know people of all ages um, by creating experiences where they can really have a relationship with their food and 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 how it's grown and how it's produced. Um, <clears throat> I think that then raises awareness so that then they can kind of make better choices. Um, and I had one 10-year-old in my class last year, and he he was great. He was a vegetarian, and I really I loved that when we went to the barns and looked at the animals, and he would bring up this, um, you know, this idea, this ethical kind of issue about whether or not you should eat meat and and, you know, he knew a lot about factory farming. And so we would really talk a lot about, well, what do you know about factory farming and what do you see happening at this farm? And, and I think I was just trying to kind of stress to the, um, to the students to just be, you know, be aware of, of how their food is being raised, how it's being grown, and, and where, how that kind of follows a bigger flow. So these students, in learning about farming and in le- and seeing the animals and the crops from the baby state all the way to where they hit your plate, they're learning about the means of production in the food system. But, in fact, um, if they followed any of the products that they consume back to its beginnings, um, they might not be so delighted by what they found. And getting them thinking in terms of the food, in terms of a system, in this case the food system, but just in terms of a system and the role that they play in that system, I think gives them a much better understanding for the way that they affect the world. So I, you know, really respect that work that you're doing, and I really um, am amazed always at how moms and teachers really bust their butts to get farm experiences for kids because they do recognize how direct that, how that direct experience can translate into a, a really much more holistic um, um, perspective for their, for their children, for their students. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about with Suko is your artwork and how your artwork is informed by the farm and by the, um, the life processes of the farm. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? Um, well, I guess, you know, if you, when you get into farming, you find that it is, it's a very political act. So by dealing with these issues, I think I am addressing sort of, larger cultural issues in, in the world, and, um, and it definitely informs all of my work at this point, um, but I think it, because it informs life, and I think also in terms of um, looking at sort of cultural, um, or, or looking at, at life and like everyday life and, and society in America and, and feeling dissatisfied with it or... Um, or not, not totally, um, not agreeing with its values. It's it's sort of for me. It's like if you look, if you just go back to the beginning and go back to agriculture, you can kind of like recreate a whole society. You could recreate, you know, the world in a way that you want to live in it. So you're basically saying that agriculture is where humanity hits ecology, and that relationship is slightly dysfunctional at the moment. But maybe if we go back to that relationship and work on that relationship, that we could build off of that some kind of a, a restorative impulse that would tr- transmit itself through the entire society. And that is a very artistic way of thinking about it, which is wonderful. That It's so nice to have you in my life, by the way, Suko, um, because, you know, when you live rurally, it's really nice to have friends locally. 
Um, so, so Suko and I are delighted with each other's company, and um, we're actually on our way right now northwards towards Saratoga Springs, where this evening Greenhorns is co-hosting a young farmer mixer with NOFA New York and with some other partners. And we're going to be setting up all sorts of fun craft activities and networking games, and there's beer and live music and um, a wonderful video remix of archival farm film footage done, done by Colin McCullen. And he's the, uh, he's got a wonderful name, MCCM, right. Master of None. And so you can come and join us there. It's a free event in Saratoga Springs. If you get in your car right now, you'll be there early. We hope you'll come and join us. Um, one, one other thing I really want to talk about with Suko is how she's experiencing this, um, you know, this being the kind of first, uh, the first season that she did on the, on the farm as a kind of full-time um, plant, second sorry, second season now, um, you know, responsible for plants and responsible for um, animals. What it's like making that transition just from, like, personally, you know, from being a kind of bicycle you know, Brooklyn person to to being you know an animal plant person. Well, I don't I don't really take care of the animals. I can't claim that. I'm um, the farm has is a pretty large operation, and I have to definitely pay respect to the farmers on the farm who are taking care of the animals every day who don't get a day off. Um, and but I I basically do the demonstration garden, which is. Um, <clears throat> open to the public and it was it's really it's behind our market and it's really so that people can see what food looks like as a plant because it's amazing how many people have even 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 when they support farmers markets have no concept of like what part of the plant we're eating and and what part of the plant qualifies as food and what it looks like in different stages so um the thing that i definitely noticed was um going into the second season, which was a really rainy season, and the tomato blight hit and took out all of our tomatoes. And it was, it was a really difficult season. And, there was, um, and so there was, there was a real sense of, uh, of how, how difficult farming is, but, but also how disappointing it could be to really put so much effort into something and then basically just have it all wilt away right before the harvest. It was a smackdown. It was really upsetting this this season. So that was the most difficult thing. But then it's also so rewarding. Um, a, a friend who really helped me the first season a lot, um, we used to have this joke about how we felt so rich leaving the garden that, like, when you, when you have this, like, bounty of beautiful, amazing food that you've grown, that it, that's really, like, what qualifies as, like, feeling really rich. Yeah, that the sunshine has that amazing effect, and we, um, in Greenhorn's world, we have a sticker. It's um, the generosity of photosynthesis. And when you're farming, you are the kind of the, the recipient, the beneficiary of that generosity, but you're also then um, made capable of generosity by that photosynthesis. So it's a real bummer when your tomatoes don't come out because. Um, they're such amazing gifts, right. and you have nothing to share them. And then, yeah, yeah, you you lack your your stuff to share your your bounty. Yeah, you 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 don't have as much um, bling, bio bling. Bio um, so let's talk about this upcoming season and what you're planning on doing, and your your dream house, and and where you hope that this this work, this artistic and agricultural work that you've been doing, will will start to to lead you. 
Um, well, I guess part of what kind of really drove me to wanting to grow a garden and, and, and grow my own food was um, and kind of be aware of the seasonal changes and um, was partially to kind of be able to live what I thought was a really high quality of living without a lot of resources. Um, and I think good food is sort of like a basis of that. And, uh, and and by good food, I also mean being able to then share that with friends and have, like, you know, quality meals with, with family and loved ones. But um, but so right now I have a fantasy of building a little cabin. Um, <laughs> we'll see if it happens. But um, but I'm, I'm really also focused on, on the garden. And I think I, I this year, last year we installed a solar irrigation system, which was amazing and worked much better than we, we thought it would. Um, and then, of course, it rained all the time and we never needed it. But, um, but then this year I, I really would like to make it more of an interactive space and, and, uh, and actually I'm starting to build sort of structures so it, it becomes more of a sculptural um, experience. So one other thing I wanted to also bring up just while we're on the radio and everything is that... Um, those of you who are loyal radio listeners will be the first to know about an event that Suko and I are both working on, um, which is going to take place on Vernal Equinox. And for those of you who are not so attuned to the pagan um, holidays, that is March 21st. March 21st, which is a Saturday. And that is actually what Easter was kind of based around a little bit, if, if you believe that kind of thing. And on the Vernal Equinox this year, we're going to have a Hoggett cook-off. Uh, in the grand tradition of Greenhorn's events, this will be a celebrational educational event. Sorry, it's March 20th. Saturday. <clears throat> My apologies. March 20th, Vernal Equinox. This will be a celebrational educational event um, in the tradition of the goat spit and the rabbit roast and the It Takes a Village to Make a Sausage Pig Butchery Workshop. We have a tradition of uh, demystifying um, the rituals of the flesh, and this will be no exception. We're going to learn how to cook a whole hogget. Now, uh, a hogget is an uh, adolescent lamb. It's not a baby lamb. It's just uh, a little older, and that's the kind of lamb that you would expect to have in the spring if you were raising your lambs on pasture and you did not live in New Zealand because it's better for the baby lambs if they're born when there's lots of grass and it's not so cold outside. So the whole point of this event is to make you ask, what is a hogget and how can I cook it? So we hope that you will go on the blog and learn about the event and sign up early. Um, it's an event that's going to take place on Kinderhook Farm in Valencia, New York, which is a wonderful um, grass-based meat operation run by Lee and George Arani. And they raise beef and they raise lamb and they are supplying the hogget. And it's also co-sponsored by Animal Welfare Approved, which is a wonderful um, certification body that works with farmers and ranchers all over the country um, to improve the uh, happiness of their animals and their practices so that they're most compassionate um, meat that you can get, that you can eat. And we know about it because they're part of the Willie Nelson Posse and are always at Farm Aid. So we got to hang out with those lovely um, animal welfare-approved ladies and um, be a part of that wonderful sustainable ag community that gets to meet itself and re-meet itself at all these events, and especially in the winter when we have these conferences. Um, it's really a great thing to be able to check in with all the passionate uh, ladies and men who make up this um, sustainable ag movement. So 
Again, March 20th, um, Hoggett, Vernal Equinox Hoggett Cook-Off. Keep, keep posted and get on the mailing list so that you don't miss a chance because it's going to be limited slots. Um, oh, we still have lots of time. This is wonderful. So we're looking out right now over the fields um, at my farm, at Smithereen Farm, and, um, and Suko and I share this landscape in the kind of northern Dutchess County, um, Hudson Valley region. Suko, do you want to describe the kind of land use here and, and what the landscape matrix is, who's owning the land, who's farming the land, what's going on in terms of uh, local food in this area? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, I guess I could answer it, but yeah. it's, I'm supposed to be interviewing you. Oh. Um, maybe you can just talk a little bit about what's going on on your farm. How's that? Okay. Um, well, the farm, McEnroe Organic Farm, is um, right now farming just under 800 acres, and it is um, it's a incredibly diverse farm. It has um, a compost operation. Um, we're actually one of the biggest green recyclers in the state. So, um, and in addition to that, we grow greenhouse produce, field field vegetables and fruits, raise um, raise well, yeah, grains, corn, um, soybean, and then also raise organic beef, lamb, poultry, and <clears throat> And um, and naturally raised pigs. So our uh, our pigs are um, are also fed vegetarian food food scraps from our market. So that's the only reason why they're not organic. Um, but it's really it's quite an amazing operation. Actually, if anybody ever wants to tour the farm, they can email me um, suko at McEnroe Farm. Um, we'll be hosting more events in the spring and summer. Right now. Things are pretty quiet, um, but I have to say that's one thing about about getting into farming. I really started to love winter and the way things just slow down, even though they actually don't slow down at McEnroe because of the greenhouse operation. It's going um, pretty pretty full force year-round. So if somebody was um, happened to be in northern Dutchess County and they wanted to come and Eat some produce from these wonderful greenhouses. What would they? Where would they find you? <laughs> they would find it at um, at the farm stand, which is actually a full fledged market um, year round. I kind of love that it's still referred to as the stand from when it was just a garage that sold produce. Um, and one one interesting thing, one of the the McEnroe boys, we were kind of uh, we were like turkey runners over Thanksgiving. And uh, and he was saying how when they first started growing organic produce, it was like nobody knew what to do with red leaf lettuce or, or didn't even know what it was. You know, 20 years ago, organic wasn't wasn't what it is now, and, and the kind of different vegetables that are grown now were, were not known. And, and in the area, you know, people were really like, well, what's that? You know, like they were so used to iceberg lettuce. Um and so I think that that's a huge part of farm education and um, and farm marketing, really, you know, to, to get people more interested in that. But you can see a full assortment of uh, of what the farm grows right now. I think it's it's really just tomatoes and radishes and some delicious greens that are um, a delight at this time of year. Um, but 
definitely, if you're in the area, spring, summer, fall, there's there's a real full bounty. We have pick your own berries and um, and just a whole bunch of stuff. And that farm stand again, it's in Amenia, New York, on Route 22, right between Millerton and Amenia. And if you're in the train kind of a way, just don't take the train to Wasaic, and you can bicycle right there. It's not very far at all. So if you want to have a local food adventure. And you can ask for me because I'm usually around. And you can ask for Suko because she's usually around. But and then she'll give you a tour, and you can see the whole operation. It's really amazing what they've been doing up there and um, educating the community. It's um, I, I sold at the farmer's market in Millerton last year, and we always had the problem that everybody had already been to McEnroe. <laughs> And they didn't want to buy our lettuces because they already stocked up the day before. But, you know, we don't hold any grudges about the lack of lettuce sold. We just had a lot of seed, which reminds me that Greenhorns and Smithereens Farm have made a partnership. Um, well, we're, we're actually the same thing, but we have partnered in that um, Smithereen donated seed, lettuce seed, um, to uh, to Hudson Valley Seed Library. And Hudson Valley Seed Library then donated um, seed back to Greenhorns. And it's a wonderful gift pack of red speckled trout lettuces. Um, and it comes in a little beautiful pack. And you can go online at Hudson Valley Seed Library um, and read all about their other seed packs and gift packs. And they work with local artists and locally adapted heirloom seed varieties from the whole Hudson Valley. And even um, they've got some really cool Long Island varieties. Um, and they provide this fabulous service um, to the farmers and gardeners of this region. Um, so I would really recommend checking that. You can make a purchase there for your friends and family um, to grow lettuces, lettuces that didn't sell. Um, and the other, yes. But if you grow your own, then you won't even have to um, go to the McEnroe Farm Stand, or you won't even have to buy any lettuces from us at Smithereen. But that's the whole point. And the other thing that's really important right now is to remind everybody to get on track and order your seed early so you don't have to bother and fuss at the end of February when everybody and their mother, and especially their mother who's ordering a lot of things, um, is clogging up the seed companies. And our friends at High Mowing Seeds have really good deals where if you order early, you get a discount. And you don't even have to um, decide exactly all the seeds. You can just make a pledge of the same amount of money you spent last year on seeds, and they'll issue you credit because this is the time of the year when they, as a seed business, really need capital. So go go get busy on your seed orders. And Suko and I are going to look at seeds later on. Um, this is a really it's a wonderful time of year to fantasize about the garden and plan a little extra area for your local food bank. Food banks are in short supply um, these days and can really make good use of um, donated produce, especially like winter squashes and, and storable root crops. So um, plant an extra row for the hungry and plant it now. Um, also, if you have some um, inclination to do so, you could plant some extra flowers, um, meliferous flowers for the bees and butterflies. These are fun things to fantasize now that um, there's not so much weeding and stressing and marketing and schlepping to do. Um, you can We can be generous in spirit and plan for the bees that are hibernating and, and who will really need some extra nectar next year because it was a really rough year for the bees last year, not only for the tomatoes, also for the bees. Um, so 
I think we've covered a lot of ground here. So go, what, should we, what should we tell our, um, our fellow artists who live in the city about how um, they might engage in agriculture and how that might uh, inform their art practice? Oh, well, actually, um, one thing they could look into is Chishama North, which is the artist residency that brought me first to Northern Duchess. And um, I, uh, at the farm, we work with them closely. Their residency program and actually um, sort of communal meals and um, uh, they come and do regular work shifts at the farm so that they're actually participating in growing their own food is really how I kind of segued into farming. I went from an artist residency in Northern Duchess that I thought um, would benefit from, from having some sort of experience and, and acknowledgement of the agricultural history of the area. And, um, and so, you know, you can always come and volunteer at our Victory Garden on the weekends for, um, for <clears throat> in, during the growing season if you want some real experience with your hands in the dirt. Um, McEnroeOrganicFarm.com is uh, our website's currently being redone, but um, if you just keep checking back, it'll it'll give you some more information um, during the growing season. So, so all ye artists, all of you who are very attuned and oh. sensitive creatures. Oh, and you can uh, you should really check out Shashama North, which you can easily Google, but it's www. C-H-A-S-H-A-M-A.org. And that's an artist in residency program located in Pine Plains, New York. Um, there are other rural residency programs, and there's especially a lot in the Hudson Valley. Um, we recently went and um, chased deer around on the OMI Foundation, which is another. It's called Art OMI, A-R-T-O-M-I. And that's in Ghent, New York. That's another artist in residency program. So there are wonderful ways. Um, and, in, of course, in, on the West Coast, there's the Murray Headlands. Um, there are fabulous art residency programs um, around, and we could really use a lot more cultural production about the interface of art and agriculture. I feel that um, the more we talk about farming, um, the better. And um, your articulate voices are needed in this in this debate and in this unfolding uh, in this unfolding subject area. So, with no further ado, I want to thank once again Suko for coming and joining us. Thank you. And thank you all for your um, loyal listening. And remind you of the NOFA New York Young Farmer Mixer tonight and the upcoming NOFA Vermont Mixer, which is in February, um, and that's in Burlington, and it's free beer and la, la, la. We also thank our sponsor, Hearst Family Ranch, and look forward to next week. Wonderful guest, um, Alec Gifford, who turned a baseball diamond into an organic farm. So lots to hear, lots to do. Um, look forward to talking with you next week. Bye-bye.